Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the FAA podcast. Was uh, more normal football weekend this weekend in NFL, anyways. Uh, college, college was such a tease. It was <laughs> there was you know there was one upset technically. It was, yeah. There was really three upsets, but uh, of top twenty-five teams, but. Um, there's a lot of dogs that that could have won, had a chance to win that did not, and I was on the losing end of many of those, um, yeah. betting wise. So, but uh, yeah, we'll get into it here. Starting off with uh, we had three games on Friday. This first game was very entertaining. I watched the entire thing. Um, Syracuse winning in the dome, twenty-two to twenty over UVA. Garrett Schrader was was pretty good. 277, one pick, 66.7% completion, um, and then 11 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown as well. Disappointed in Brandon Armstrong, two turnovers, but the UVA defense in the second half was outstanding. They came back, got UVA. Uh, the offense came alive in the second half, got them a 20-19 lead. And then Garrett Schrader led the the Orange down the field for the game-winning field goal. Um, but I think prob- probably the most notable in terms of prospects for this game, Sean Tucker, uh, not have a great game in this one. Like I said, the Cavalier defense was very good most of all night. Yeah, uh, Brennan Armstrong's one of those guys that I was kind of hoping you'd see a little bit more from. He's another one of those guys that kind of was getting some first-round buzz a little bit. Uh, you know, one of those guys that they thought could come in and kind of beef up this QB QB class. Um, after a strong week one, hasn't really shown it. Um, some other guys have kind of stepped up into that breach a little bit, though, so it's still kind of a very strong QB class, or it's making it out to be. Uh, Sean Tucker, important guy to keep your eye on for fantasy purposes, especially in dynasty leagues. Um, like you said, on the ground, um, you know, not a great day for him average wise and hanging on to the rock, but at least he showed what he can do in the passing game a little bit. So some promise there, some upside PPR wise. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Keaton Thompson is interesting player for Virginia too he does everything runs the ball catches the ball um, 100 yard receiving performance in this one Aronde Gadsden the second for Syracuse seven catches 107 yards there and defensively have to go with Syracuse defensive lineman Caleb Okachukwu three tackles all of them solos two sacks two tackles for loss and three QB hurries major night for him in the uh, orange defense UVA covered, I did get that one, plus 9.5. I had them at 10, um, and then under 54. Air Force, they, they so they came through for me a week late. Uh, thank you, Falcons. Uh, but Air Force rolling Nevada 48-20. to 20. I was scared. I had minus 24 in this game, and I was like, second week in a row on a Friday, I'm betting on Air Force, and they came through luckily in this one. It was close. They let Nevada score in the end. Um, but, yeah, they completed 
<laughs> one pass did the Air Force Falcons uh, out of three attempts. It was Ben Britton's 80-yard touchdown throw um, to David Cormier. Cormier. Um, so that was the leading receiver in the game. Uh, one catch, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Nate Cox got the start for Nevada. There was I know there's been a little bit of controversy there. Uh, between him and I can't remember the other quarterback they have. Um, but my guy, the, the guy I look to every time I watch Air Force, my guy Brad Roberts, monster night, 20 carries, 123, three touchdowns. Uh, beautiful to watch that big man roll. Um, and Hazik Daniels was – he's another guy I really like from Air Force, but uh, – he was limited in this game. He, they did not want him to throw the ball. Uh, usually he, he's fine with, but I think he had a shoulder issue, non-throwing shoulder, uh, because I saw him come off the sideline one point in the game. And he was grimacing a little bit after he threw a ball, but uh, yeah, also limited in the running game. He, there was a lot more pitching, and a lot more just handoffs in this game than usually see Hazik Daniels running more, but eight carries for 37 yards for him. And then a guy I do like that is still at Nevada, uh, even though millions of, of the guys left, you know, after the coaching change and uh, Strong, Turner, and uh, Dobbs all left. But uh, Toa Tawa is still there, and he had a good night, seven carries, 73 yards, two touchdowns, three catches for 17 yards. Uh, defensively, you can go with defensive back Jaden Deadman for Nevada. Three tackles, all of them solos, a sack, tackle for loss. Yeah, Nevada sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough seeing losing all that uh, talent. Yeah. Um, Air Force covered, like I said, minus 24, over 47, Air Force by themselves. The shocker of Friday, UTEP, the Miners getting it done at home, dominating Boise State, twenty-seven to ten. Uh, Gavin Hardison, stellar, ninety point nine percent, ten of eleven, one twenty-three, one touchdown, seven carries for twenty yards. But it was the running game; they absolutely just pounded and pounded and pounded the Boise State defense. Uh, you know, Hankins there, Deion Hankins, twenty-one carries, eighty-six yards. Ronaldo Flores, nine carries, 41, a touchdown, two recessions for 17 yards. Um, and, yeah, it's not the old Boise State. <laughs> yeah, and it is, it's kind of sad to see the collapse a little bit. Um, you know, we'll see if they can kind of bounce back. Well, what they got to do to bounce back is start the freshman. <laughs> Hank Bachmeyer needs to sit. Taylor Green has to come in, and he he provided a spark at the Oregon State game running the ball. But I think if he can show that he can throw the ball effectively, I think it'll be a new dynamic for Boise State's offense and Andy Avalos there. Um, leading receiver in this game, Jeremiah Ballard for UTEP. Four catches, 64 yards, a touchdown. Uh, wide receiver Marcus Bellin for UTEP also. One catch, eight yards. But he had a 47-yard punt return touchdown. That was just... I saw that. It was in the fourth quarter or whatever. 
It wasn't even close. Like, <clears throat> because Boise State was backed up on their one-yard line had to punt from there. It was a line drive to the 47-yard line, their own 47. And then it was just speed. That's all it took to get them to the end zone. You know, it's not a far distance. So, um, and defensively, I'm going to go with um, my guy defensive end, Praise Amewule. One tackle, it was a solo, and three QB hurries. UTEP plus 16.5, under 44.5. Saturday, number one, Georgia, go dogs, 39-22 over Kent State. Was not a very good game. Um, there were a lot of moments in this game where I was just like, what are we doing? <laughs> what, are, what are we doing, man? <laughs> we had three turnovers. Uh, Stetson Bennett threw a pretty bad pick. Didn't throw any touchdowns in this game. Still was very efficient, 75%, 27 to 36, 272. Uh, five carries, 13 yards. He scored another rushing touchdown. But um, the offense was Brock Bowers. I mean, is Brock Bowers not? I asked my roommate this. Uh, is Brock Bowers not in the Heisman? Like, the man has seven or eight touchdowns already. Yeah. He's absurd, man. I mean, if you built, like, a tight end in a lab, like, that's, like, what Brock Bowers would be. Um, and, I mean, he's on pace to be taken as high in 2024 as Kyle Pitts was. Um there's another guy who's talked about as a generational talent. So, yeah, that's absurd. He can basically do whatever you want him to do in your offense. Okay, so I overstated that. It just seems like he scores more than he has. He does only have five touchdowns, uh, three rushing and two receiving. Um, but he's <laughs> he scored three touchdowns on three carries. Yeah, well, and that still puts him on pace for, like, how many, like, touchdowns in the season? Like, what, 16? Yeah. Like, that's still absurd volume, and he's clearly the focal point for that offense. I said that if he puts up, like, 60 receptions, goes over 1,000 yards, and scores 20 total touchdowns, and adds on to that, uh, you know, he's already at, he's at 82 rushing yards right now. If he adds, if he has like three hundred rushing yards, onto a thousand yard receiving and uh, you know twenty total touchdowns, I, I think he's got to at least get a seat in New York. Mm. But um, yeah, the man is crazy. Second play of the game, he ran for a seventy-five yard touchdown. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, five catches, sixty yards, two carries, seventy-seven yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Um, I guess the the one good thing that came out of this, Kirby wanted to say, he said, we wanted to get some adversity. We got it in this game, which is good going into, you know, they have Missouri coming up this weekend. But um, they got their running game going in this one. They ran for over 250 yards, uh, well above. They were only rushing for about 192 a game. So... Good to see the running game and the surprise leading ball carrier in the game, Dejon Edwards, 12 carries, 73 yards, uh, two catches, nine yards. 
I'm wondering if he should get more looks uh, in the running game because he's been effective almost every time he's touched the ball. Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh have not. And now McIntosh, uh, I think it's McIntosh, got hurt. I can't remember if him or Milton, which one got hurt. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if Edwards gets some more carries, especially with that injury, like I said. Um... But props to Kent State for keeping up. Um, their head coach, was it Sean Edwards? Sean something. <laughs> I forget his last name. But uh, he runs a great program at Kent, even though they're 1-3. Uh, they'll play anyone anywhere, they said on the broadcast. So, uh, Good day for wide receiver Devontae Walker. Seven catches, 106 yards, a touchdown. Horrible day for Lad McConkey. Uh, despite six catches for 65 yards, fumbled it twice, once on a muffed punt, once just on the sideline. Um, but yeah. Defensively, linebacker Jamon Dumas-Johnson, he was everywhere. Every time I saw the dogs on defense, man, it was Johnson making the tackle. Six tackles, all of them solos, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Kent State cover plus 45, under 61 and a half. By, by, by the hook. There's a couple of those by the hooks in this. Uh, number four, Michigan, 34-27. Squeaker over Maryland. The Terps putting up a fight in the big house. And I wonder what would have happened had Talia not gotten hurt. Um, I wasn't watching this game, but I, I kept up with it because I had Maryland plus 17. Uh, but yeah, Talia, 20-30, 207, touchdown, did throw two picks, four carries for 20 yards. J.J. McCarthy has been outstanding for Michigan since he got the starting job. 18-26, uh, 220, two touchdowns, no turnovers. And I mean, Blake Corum just continues to, to kill everyone. <laughs> 30 carries, 243 yards, that's a career high, two touchdowns. Uh, to add on to the five he scored last week. Yeah. I mean, averaging eight yards per carry <laughs> on 30 carries is absurd. And you're not going to lose a lot of games when you got a guy doing that. Uh, so, I mean, props to Maryland for keeping it close, even though Blake Corum ran all over him. <laughs> yeah, he's getting the Derrick Henry treatment right now. Um. Until they run into Ohio State, and then <laughs> then CJ Stroud throwing all over the the defense, and they can't keep up running the ball. Um, yeah. Then we'll see what JJ's really made of there. But um, yeah, defensively, I'm going to go with Michigan defensive back Mike Sainer still uh, eight tackles, six solos, a sack, two tackles for loss, pass deflection. It's all about the tight ends in the receiving game. This this one. Yeah. Schoonmaker, Dykes, Dipre, D- or Dipre. I'm not sure how you say that one. Um, Maryland cover plus 17, like I said, under 66. Number five, Clemson, 51, 45 over number 21, Wake Forest in double overtime. I was pissed off about this game, man. <laughs> I had Wake Forest, um, and... Clemson is a bunch of entitled assholes. That's 
that's that's what happened after the game. I turned I quickly turned to a different game so I didn't have to listen to what Dabo had to say in his post game because I knew it was going to be some BS. Yeah, I I've never voiced this on the show yet, but I hate Dabo Sweeney, man. He he's so self righteous and kind of full of himself, and uh, you know he's. You know, I don't know. He's gone out of his way to kind of just, you know, voice his opinion on some things that, like, don't really matter. And, you know, I well, I, I agree with kind of what you're saying is that, like, I, I feel like he's always had, like, a more inflated opinion of himself than anybody else does. Um, you know, and, I mean, he, he deserves credit for helping build up that that program that program was not relevant the way they have been in the past uh years um he did help build it up but yeah not a fan um yeah and at this point i don't know how much he adds to clemson i mean they have a bunch of talent um right and now we're you know we're seeing it without the coordinators tony elliott Brent Venables, who were there a long, long time for Clemson. And now it's been four years, right? It was it 2018 they won? Um, so, you know, it's like the fans are itching now. Uh, they haven't been back to the playoff in a couple years now. And they're supposed to be, you know, the team in the ACC every year but they figure out a way to get knocked off by someone and miss the playoff. So I do got to say, I said DJ sucked. Uh, he played well in this game, but Wake Forest doesn't have a defense. So <laughs> um, despite them getting stops that they needed to, to get Wake the lead, um, it, it's, it's a shame because, like, if you're Sam Hartman – he set the single game record for touchdown passes at Wake Forest. Uh, 69%, 337, six touchdown passes, eight carries for 10 yards. There's nothing else you can ask the man to do to win the game except to, to get a touchdown and double OT to tie it. But it's just, it's kind of deflating. Uh, I, I was on the opposite side of this kind of deflation when I played in high school uh, my senior year. Uh, you know, Sam Hartman goes out there, they score a touchdown, and it's like the next time Sam Hartman gets the ball back, they're tied again because defense can't stop anyone. I was on the opposite side, though, in high school. Our defense was stopping them every time, and then our freaking offense wasn't scoring, and we were coming back out. You know, and it's like we're still tied. How are we still tied? Or, or you know, we're we're down now because we let up like one time. Uh, uh sorry to anyone uh, if anyone listens that uh, played with me, but um, yeah. Uh, Will Shipley had a good game. Twenty carries, hundred four yards, touchdown on the ground. Three catches, fifteen yards for Clemson there. Um, Jamal Banks for Wake Forest, six catches, hundred forty one yards, two touchdowns. Donovan Green for Wake also scored two touchdowns, two catches, 53 yards. Um, and then for Clemson, tight end Davis Allen, four catches, 36 yards. He scored twice as well. Um, and some of them were just like 
the, the ball was just thrown up, and it's six four versus five ten, and I I mean there was the one touchdown I didn't understand how like the DB didn't make the play. All you got to do is use that hand to wrap, wrap the hip, and come in with the other hand to knock it away. I mean, so okay, he's bigger. All right, make a play, you know. But um, it's fine. Yeah, uh, defensive tackle Tyler Davis is my defensive player of the game for Clemson. Six tackles, three solos, one and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, and a pass deflection. He's uh, he's on the draft radar for sure. Wake Forest did cover, though, plus 7.5, over 58 easily. Number 14, Penn State, 33-14 over Central Michigan. Um, this is another one where uh, top 25 teams struggled early anyways. Uh, Central Michigan got it tied up at 14 at one point. Penn State rolled after that in the second half. Sean Clifford was stellar again, 64.7%, 217 Three passing touchdowns, five carries, 23 yards, and a rushing touchdown as well. Um, the the defense, especially in the second half, was great. And then uh, Nick Singleton really wasn't the guy that that produced on the ground, but it was their other freshman, Katron Allen. 13 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. One catch for seven yards. He was the go-to guy in this game on the ground. Um so it's nice. It's nice to have other options, you know, even though I, I love Nick Singleton. But uh, Katron Allen is a, is a great true freshman in his own right um, that can run very effectively. And then the 100-yard receiver in this game, wide receiver Carlos Carrier for the Chippewas, 11 catches, 111 yards, and uh, also fumbled once. Tight end Brenton Strange for Penn State, five carries, 42 yards. He scored two touchdowns. Um... And then defensively, I'm going to go with defensive end Danny Dennis Sutton, Penn State. Two tackles, both of them solos. Two sacks, two tackles for loss, and a pass deflection. Um, do yeah. got to mention, though, my guy, Joey Porter Jr., with yep. three pass deflections. And his opposite guy, Kalen King, had a great day. Four pass deflections for him as well. Yeah. Joey Porter Jr. has played about as well out of the gate here as any of the top um draft prospects have uh, so far i haven't seen the needle move yet on him i don't know if that's just because maybe penn state hasn't yet been in a like you know top 15 matchup yet um but i'm telling you right now for me at least right now joy porter's a top 15 like lock um and if he keeps playing like that i think he will be yeah and i mean they've really only played one one difficult opponent. That was Purdue, week one on a freaking Thursday or whatever it was, Friday, whatever. Um, and while Charlie Jones went crazy in that game, he didn't when he faced Joey Porter. <laughs> uh, when he was matched up against Joey Porter, it was a different game. And, Porter, and they tested Joey Porter. But oh, yeah. the only times they tested him, which was few, clamped. So. Yeah, and, and Joey Porter made the plays – to get Penn State the ball back to make to let Sean Clifford roll him down the field for that game-winning touchdown. Um, Brenton Strange, though, 
I feel I feel like this is probably a Penn State bias, but I feel like Brenton Strange has to be climbing up the tight end ranks, though. I mean, he consistently makes plays. He has the size. Doesn't he's not fast, but you know. I'm just I'm making a point for Brenton Strange in the in the draft next year. <laughs> um Central Michigan cover plus twenty eight under sixty one and a half. Number seventeen, Baylor getting it done in Ames. Um over Iowa State thirty one twenty four. Yeah, Hunter Deckers, you, you can't turn the ball over, bud. That's that's how you lose the game. Uh, I didn't watch this game, but I'm assuming that's why they lost was the turnovers. Uh, but, yeah, Deckers, 63 of, 63.9%. 284, two touchdowns, two picks. Blake Shapin, another quarterback that I said sucks um, and had a good day. 73.1%, <laughs> 238, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, Jirel Brock for Iowa State. He scored twice, 14 carries, 73 yards, a touchdown, three catches, 17 yards, and another touchdown there. And then a uh, 100-yard receiver here, wide receiver Jalen Noel for Iowa State, seven catches, 120 yards. You, you got us on that one. <laughs> um, Defensively, Going to go with um, Baylor, linebacker. I want to go with Bryson Jackson, but because of the versatility, I'm going to go with Dylan Doyle. Two tackles, one solo, a half a tackle for loss, and he had a one-yard receiving touchdown on offense. Uh, Baylor covered. They were the underdogs in this one, plus two and a half. Over 45. Number 24, Pitt, 45-24 over URI. Um, Keaton Slovis was not good. Efficient, <laughs> but not many, not enough yards. 74.1%, 189 yards. But what did I tell you? What did I tell you had to happen? <laughs> and it did happen. Israel Bonaconda, man. 19 carries, 177 yards, four touchdowns, and a 19-yard reception. <laughs> He's the dude. Like, it's funny, man. Like, obviously, when you're scouting, like, any player, but I feel like especially running backs, like, sure, there's plenty that go, goes into it, but, at the like, sometimes you can just watch a guy and be like, yeah, like, he's, like, you can just, see, like, he's special. Like, I, it, it doesn't take much analysis to just say, like, yeah, he he's that dude. Um, yeah. I mean, last year it was Kenneth Walker. Um, a couple of years ago, it was, or for a while, for uh, the, the Badgers, it was Jonathan Taylor, where you're just like, yeah, this guy just, you really can't lose with him. Is he draft eligible? Mm, I believe so. I believe he's a junior. Yeah, he's a junior. I don't know if yeah. it's a red shirt or whatever, but yeah, I mean he has eighty three rushes for four hundred seventy nine yards and six touchdowns, averaging five point eight yards per carry through four games. 
Pretty decent. <laughs> yeah, um, it's all right. Running back Marcus DeShields for Rhode Island. 10 carries, 82 yards. He scored two touchdowns. Um, leading receiver, Katero Summers for URI. Four catches, 55 yards. And then defensively, I'm going to go with defensive back MJ Devonshire for Pitt. Four tackles, uh, two solos, a pass deflection, and he had a 82-yard punt return touchdown. Uh, URI covered plus 32.5, over 55. See, dude, it's all, like, out of the Saturday games we've gone through so far, no favorite has covered until this one. Uh, Kansas 35-27 to over Duke. The Jayhawks. 4-0, first time since, I believe, 0-9. Um, so it's been a while for Kansas football, but they got it back. Jalen Daniels was uh, stellar. I hate that he was stellar. I was on Duke spread. Um, but Jalen Daniels, 82.6%, 324, four touchdowns, 11 carries, 83 yards, another touchdown. Riley Leonard, it's not like he didn't try. 68.6%, 324, touchdown, 10 carries, 54 yards. Um, big, long touchdown for running back Daniel Heshaw Jr. for KU. 10 carries, 61 yards, and a 73-yard uh, receiving touchdown. And uh, Jalen Calhoun, your leading receiver for the Blue Devils. Five catches, 93 yards, a touchdown. Defensively, I'm going with Kansas. Uh, corner, Romello Dotson, nine tackles, eight solos, a tackle for loss, two pass deflections. Yeah, I was on Duke, yeah. plus seven. Landed eight. It was just a great time watching that one lose. Yeah. Yeah. Kansas 4-0, it's crazy, man. Shout out Lance Leap, old man. Former... Former UW Whitewater Warhawk great. Yeah. <laughs> Leading the, them to all those D3 championships. Dude's won everywhere he's been. Uh, yeah, Kansas covered minus seven, under 65 and a half. I was also on the losing end of this one. I had Florida money line. Uh, number 11, Tennessee, 38-33 over number 20, Florida. This is in Knoxville, a rocky top. Um, and the quarterback is a quarterback duel. Anthony Richardson, 54.5%, terrible percentage. But uh, he made the most of it. 453 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, 17 carries, 62 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and a fumble. Um, and then quarterback Hendon Hooker. 78.6%, 349, two touchdowns, uh, 13 carries, 112 yards, another rushing touchdown, and he also had a fumble. But that was that was the story of the game, is the quarterbacks, and Richardson turned it over one more time than Hooker did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was quite the offensive uh, performance from those two QBs. Um, two guys who are very much involved in the 23 NFL drafts um, discourse. Um, 
I, I said, you know, I told you um, <laughs> on Saturday, I was like, look, Anthony Richardson has no idea if he wants to be a top prospect or not, you know? And it's interesting because, like I've said before, I think he benefits from the more time, you know, he puts on tape, the better. Yeah. At the same time, the man, like, with the amount of tools he has, there's no doubt in my mind that a team would take him in the first round right now, as is. Because he's basically like a souped-up Malik Willis. Like, he's 6'4", 240 Malik Willis, where there's just so much raw physical talent uh, that you have to work with um, and can hopefully develop. So... Man, each game, man, he's probably, for me, the most intriguing draft prospect right now. Just because, as we've talked about, he's been so hot and cold, and you don't know what you're going to get from him. But Henning Hooker is another guy, too, that I think teams ought to be looking at. Um, you know, another guy that, you know, there might be a little bit of inconsistencies, but he's been very good this season, showed a lot of flashes last season. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Jabari Small, good game for him. 19 carries, 90 yards, touchdown, three catches, 32 yards, and another score for the Vols. Um, a couple hundred-yard receivers for Florida, one for Tennessee. Justin Shorter, seven catches, 155. Ricky Pearsall, five catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown for the Gators. Tennessee, Brew McCoy, five catches, 102 yards, and another touchdown there. Um, and defensively, you got to go with Florida linebacker Amari Bernie. Eight tackles, seven solos, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. Four QB hurries for Byron Young, though. I mentioned him as a uh, draft prospect a couple weeks ago as well. Florida covered plus 11, over 62. Uh, and the way that Florida covered was absolutely crazy. Uh, they, they scored a touchdown. You know, I thought I, I had prayers. I had put some prayers up. Uh, when Florida recovered the onside kick. That's the dumbest rule. Uh, I don't know if it's in the NFL, if it's the same thing or not. I don't think so. But the stupidest rule in college football, at, at the least, that you cannot advance an onside kick as the kicking team. It makes no sense. Why can you advance it as the receiving team when you can't as the as the kicking team? It doesn't make sense. That's unfair. That's a uh, that's an equal protection claim, right? <laughs> 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 Members of the same class being discriminated against each other. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that mold education just at work in live real time, <laughs> and they're in similar situations. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Upset, Texas Tech, 37-34 over number 22, Texas in Lubbock in overtime. Uh, Donovan Smith, <clears throat> I mentioned uh, when Texas Tech played NC State last week that that's why I picked Texas Tech because Smith looked pretty good against BYU. They lost that game, but um, lost to NC State last week. But they got the win this one. Donovan Smith, 67.9%, 331, two touchdowns. 15 carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Again, though, 
I was confused. I didn't get to see this game, but I did hear on College Game Day, Quinn Ewers was available. They just didn't know if he was going to play. He did not. Hudson Card played the entire game. Wasn't enough to win. 66.7%, 277, two touchdowns, a pick. Three carries, 24 yards. Bijan had a 100-yard day. Bijan Robinson, 16 carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns, one 22-yard reception. But the fumble is key. Bijan never fumbles, right? And he fumbled in the worst possible time. In overtime, Bijan fumbles the ball. Texas Tech recovers. They kick a game-winning field goal. Red Raiders win. That's that's how this game went. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the Big 12 has been fun, man, this year because there's a lot of teams that are competitive. Like, almost every team in that conference right now can beat the other team on any given Saturday, um, which is kind of exciting and fun to watch. Bro, when, when we get... When we get Kansas, Kansas State, Big 12 title game, that's, that's going to be crazy. <laughs> Electric. <laughs> uh, Miles Price, leading receiver in this one for Texas Tech, 13 catches, 98 yards there. Um, and defensively, not many stats, so I'm going to go with Texas defensive back today, Barron, uh, nine tackles, five solos, and two tackles for loss. Texas Tech plus seven over sixty and a half. This was the big one. This was <laughs> so so. Texas and Miami are both back. <laughs> yeah, back to being bad. Uh, Mid Tennessee forty five to thirty one over number twenty five Miami in Coral Gables. Uh, Chase Cunningham, what a game for that man. 64% completion, 408 yards, three touchdowns a pick, nine carries, 29 yards a touchdown. Uh, I don't know if Van Dyke got pulled or if he got hurt. Didn't see the game. Uh, but he didn't play the entire game. And uh, my, I'm losing my $10. I've already given my $10 up. Um, the Or maybe it was only 5 Whatever it was that I put on Tyler Van Dyke to win the Heisman is, is already accounted for as a net loss um but yeah he has been absolutely trash this season um and miami has as well but um mid tennessee i don't know if you saw the tweet from field yates um well for one this is mid tennessee's first ever ap poll victory uh they never beat they've never beaten a ranked team and second of all, uh, I don't know if this is true. I didn't fact check, but Field Yates tweeted out after this went final. He said, "Mid Tennessee is now three and zero all time against Miami." <laughs> that's, no sense. That's crazy. <laughs> Do I know when those games were? No, probably in like the nineteen sixty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, Miami's Miami's terrible. Yeah, it's. I think they were overhyped coming in. Uh, new coach, um, 
Van Dyke, who was billed as, you know, a first round prospect, that is dead on arrival. Um, yeah. A lot of optimism for them going forward, but yeah, it's not, it's not this year. <laughs> All right. So here you go. The, the other two games that mid Tennessee beat Miami. November 14th, 1931, <laughs> Mid-Tennessee beat them 25-0. And then <laughs> November 11th, 1932, <laughs> Mid-Tennessee beat them 7-zip. So at least Miami scored this time. Yeah. Bring the rivalry back. Was the forward pass even allowed then? <laughs> Had that developed at that point? Uh, 1930s, man. Good times then. Um, yeah, DJ England Chisholm, leading receiver in this game for Mid-Tennessee. Two catches, 169 yards, and two touchdowns. It's a great average. Uh, 84 and a half per catch. <laughs> I want to know when that, the like, the last time that's ever happened. I mean, that's got to be a record, right? Like, <laughs> highest average yards per catch in a game yeah because he scored on a 71 yarder and a 98 yarder <laughs> um, i love that and he didn't then he didn't do anything else no. <laughs> he was like look i did enough that's more than enough yeah you guys can handle the rest i'd, I'd sit after that stat line too uh also his teammate wide receiver jalen lane four catches 130 yards uh, for Miami, wide receiver Keyshawn Smith, four catches, 81 yards, and a 91-yard kick return touchdown. And then it, it was literally just long touchdowns by Mid-Tennessee. Because then you have Elijah Metcalf, 69-yard touchdown reception. That's all he did in the game. So, you know, uh, defensively have to go with defensive tackle Zaylin Wood. Uh, how, how much more can you do? Two tackles, both of them solos. Two sacks, two tackles for loss, and the big man had a 15-yard pick six. That's that's how the day went for Tyler Van Dyke. That's how it started, yeah. actually. That was in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mid-Tennessee, plus 25.5, over 53.5 easily. This is the game I tried to tell people. JMU was going to go into Boone, North Carolina and beat Appalachian State. This just means James Madison is better than Texas A&M. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, do it. Hang the banner. Bro, I'm telling you, James Madison came into the FBS with the right attitude, and they came in at the right time. Appalachian State is not what they used to be. They're still very, very good. But um, look, this was <laughs> this was a twenty-eight to three game. <laughs> the vaunted score of twenty-eight to three happened in this game, <laughs> and I wish I would have had money in my betting account to live bet JMU because they probably would have been at least a th- plus a thousand. Um, I turned the game off because I was like James Madison getting killed. Uh, and I had to watch a different game that I knew that I thought I actually had a chance in. Didn't end up winning that one either. <laughs> but yeah, I, I started watching the Troy game against Marshall instead. Which actually, no, I did win the Troy game. 
but yeah, Todd Santeo, the resiliency, uh, him and Kalen Black, Todd Santeo, 57.1%, 204 yards, two touchdowns, 18 carries, 61 yards, touchdown, and a fumble. Kalen Black, 18 carries, 85 yards, a touchdown, one 23-yard receiving touchdown as well. This is incredible. I don't know if you saw my jaw drop, but I had no idea that this result happened. <laughs> and when I saw this is incredible, it it was time to pay the piper for Appalachian State. This team felt like they had a horseshoe up their ass mm-hmm. with that game winner against Troy. Um, and James, James, man, going in there, into that environment, in your first year in the FBS. J- James Madison's going to win the Sun Belt. I mean... Love it. And the the crazy thing is, they need to realign their divisions in the Sun Belt because it's just... It, it's ridiculous. The uh, I forget what they're... I think they do East and West in the Sun Belt divisions. Um, which, you know, makes sense geographically. But... When it when it doesn't make sense competitively, I mean, come on, bro. The East is just ridiculous. Coastal, James Madison, Appalachian State, Old Dominion is good this year, people. <laughs> They're two and two, <laughs> just and, like NCAA fourteen, baby, and, and one and zero oh in conference play in their first year in the Sun Belt as well. So, you know, they have a three and one team in in the Western Division, which is South Alabama, and they are actually pretty good this year too. Uh, the couple of games I've watched of USA, but um, who knows? ULM might be good this year. They just beat Louisiana, so I don't know about the West, but I'd have to say it's kind of like how the Big Ten is, where the East is going to win every year anyway. So the West. Gets a participation trophy for going to the conference championship game. <laughs> um, but yeah, that division is just crazy with Coastal, JMU, and App State. Anyways, um, yeah. Receiving wise, Reggie Brown, your leading receiver in this game, four catches, 81 yards. And defensively, I'm going to go with App State's linebacker, Nick Hampton, five tackles, three solos. Two sacks, two tackles for loss, a pass deflection, two QB hurries. He is a guy that I would pay attention to day three uh, of next year. I believe he's draft eligible. JMU plus six and a half, over 57. Number 15, Oregon, 44-41 over Washington State. Should have never happened. I mean... God, this was this was one of the ones I was talking about at the beginning. It's just like, bro, Washington State had them. They they had them. They were down. Bo Nix threw a pick six, a ninety-eight yard pick six, and they were they were there. They just had to keep smashing them, and they didn't. Cam Ward threw a couple picks, and it just the score looked better than it than it was at the end because he threw the pick six and. Oregon went up two scores, and then they scored late for uh, for better's purposes. Everyone with Oregon minus six and a half just absolutely hated themselves the rest of the day uh, because <laughs> Washington State scored on the last play of the game. 
But Bo Nix, resiliency, 75% completion, 428, three touchdowns, a pick, six carries, 30 yards. Um, might be Bo Nix's best passing performance of his college career, really. I mean, he ran for three touchdowns last week, but his passing numbers weren't that good. Um, they did have a sign. <laughs> Someone in the stands had a sign of Bo Picks, which I agreed with. But <laughs> he did only throw one, even though it did end up for points on the other side. But Cam Ward, Cam Ward, 77.1%, 375, two touchdowns, two picks, uh, and a rushing touchdown. Yeah, I mean... Cam Ward is a guy, you're talking about quarterbacks that could sneak up, sneak up the boards um, and possibly strengthen the depth of the QB class next year. I like, I really like Cam Ward. Yeah, yeah. It's, he, he was really fun to watch uh, at uh, Incarnate Word, right? The Incarnate Word transfer. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he was on boards even before he decided to transfer um, to Washington State, so it's very nice that we're going to get some film uh, for him against FBS competition, um, and he's looked good. Um, I feel much better uh, about the loss to Washington State as a Badger fan, <laughs> knowing that they're pretty competitive and that he's um, kind of made the transition to the FBS very well. So, yeah, Cameron Ward, definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Uh, Bucky Irving. Leading rusher in the game, 11 carries, 81 yards, uh, five catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Also threw a pass for 18 yards. Nakia Watson did not have a great game. 12 carries, 36 yards, a touchdown, eight receptions for six, 68 yards. And then Jordan James ran three times for zero yards, but he did score a touchdown. Troy Franklin, your leading receiver in this one for Oregon, five catches, 137 yards, a touchdown, and a lot of defensive stats. Got to go with uh, the two guys with the pick sixes, though. Linebacker Masse Funa for Oregon, four tackles, a half tackle for loss, and a 27-yard pick six. And then linebacker Francisco Mauagoa, uh, three tackles, two solos, a QB hurry, and a 95-yard pick six. Washington State cover plus 6.5, over 57.5 easily. Number 16, Ole Miss, 35-27 over Tulsa. Um, Again, bro, Jackson Dart, like, Ole Miss is the biggest fraud in the top 25. <laughs> they have won almost all of their games close, except for, I think, one. They played against FCS team, and they blew them out. But Jackson Dart's not having good performances, and I'm just waiting for them to, you know, play Alabama, and he just absolutely gets crushed. Well, I mean, they play Kentucky, right, this weekend? Is that who they play? Uh, I haven't looked at the slate for this weekend yet. I think so. I know they play somebody that's getting hyped up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it on the show before where it just hasn't yeah. looked right yet between um, him and um, Lane Kiffin. Um, guy's talented, man. Uh, Jackson Dart is talented. I think, again, it's just that case of, like, he's a young dude. And, like... I think we get spoiled a lot of times with, like, the Caleb Williams and the Bryce Youngs of the world. But, like, the reality is is 99.9% of young quarterbacks, no matter highly, to highly touted or talented they are, 
they need some time to develop. Um, and I think you see that um, with Ole Miss and Jackson Dart. And, and I agree. I think that once SEC play kind of ramps up here, you're going to see them out of the, the AP poll. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're two big wins were over Central Arkansas 59-3 to and Georgia Tech 42-0, to who just fired their coach. Um, yeah. <laughs> somehow, though, they're at home facing Kentucky this weekend. And Ole Miss is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. So, yeah. Don't know what the bookmakers know that we don't, but um, we'll talk more uh, about that on Friday. <laughs> that's, yeah. Uh, well, we don't even need to wait till then. That's probably the easiest money you're going to make. Uh, mortgage the house. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Jackson Dart did have a good rushing day, 13 carries, 116 yards. Wonder if they're going to swing that more – towards the Matt Corral-style offense where you use the quarterback run a lot. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins helped them out a lot, though. 27 carries, 140 yards, two touchdowns, a fumble, and a five-yard reception. Uh, Malik Heath, your leading receiver for Ole Miss, four catches, 75 yards, a touchdown. Isaiah Epps, wide receiver for Tulsa, four, carry, uh, four receptions, 62 yards, two touchdowns there. And then defensively, um, I don't know who I want to go with. Probably linebacker Austin Keys for Ole Miss. Seven tackles, a half tackle for loss, three QB hurries. Tulsa cover plus 21, under 66.5. Here, speaking of Kentucky, number eight, Kentucky 31-23 over NIU. Another top 25 team struggling. Uh, this one was in Lexington too, so it's not like it was on the road. But Will Levis, man. Continues to be stellar, 69.2%, 303, four touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, I was surprised Rocky Lombardi didn't play in this game. I don't know if he's hurt, uh, but the freshman, Ethan Hampton, got the start for the Huskies here, 52%, 196, one touchdown. Uh, and then Tavion Robinson for Kentucky, seven catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns. Barry and Brown for Kentucky wide receiver, uh, four catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, and then NIU tight end Tristan Tews. Um, Tews, I don't, I don't know if that's how you say it. Six catches, 37 yards, two touchdowns there. NIU's uh, wide receiver Shamar Thornton, one catch for seven yards, but he did throw a three-yard touchdown. So, yeah, I think. You know, Kentucky's – it's going to be a get big game when they face Georgia. Yeah, and, you know, this final score here I think is probably what the odds makers are looking at when they're, you know, making the odds for the upcoming Ole Miss game. But, like, like look at the stat line between Will Levis and Jackson Dart. Will Levis has played exceptional this season. Um I didn't think he was a top 10 prospect coming into the season. Um, I think he had more to show, but he's shown it. And I think he is that guy right now. If draft were to happen tomorrow, he'd be a top 10 pick. Um, and I like Kentucky's defense uh, more than I like um, Ole Miss's, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't know where that odd is coming from, to be honest. That uh, 
Yeah. And what's scary for me being a Georgia fan, we have to go to Lexington November 19th, second to last week of the regular season. Yeah. That that game is going to be unreal. Um, and, you know, Kentucky was one of the teams why I was a little nervous about picking Georgia to make the CFP because them, Tennessee, and Florida – felt like teams that kind of this year, like they could just, you know, they could kind of play with anybody. And we've seen that so far for, for, from Kentucky, um, from from all three of those teams, really, um, with Florida's win over Utah, um, even though that seems a little less likely. But I feel better about Georgia since, you know, how they've played. Um, I think their biggest test will be Kentucky. Um, but I think right now, I think they have plenty, plenty firepower um, to defend that title. And uh, defensively, I'm going to go with uh, NIU defensive tackle Devontae O'Malley. Five tackles, three solos, a half a sack, one and a half tackles for loss. NIU covered plus 26 and a half, over 53 and a half. By the hook. Number 23, Texas A&M, the upset, 23-21 over number 10, Arkansas. God, dude, I live bet on Arkansas Moneyline plus 160, and, I mean, we had it. It's just the worst. I have never seen anything like how this game lost, how Arkansas lost. To hit the top of the goalpost and bounce out. I, I just, again, it's, it's something I've never witnessed. <laughs> just crazy. Um, granted Texas A&M would have had enough time to, to still go down and probably get their own field goal to win the game. But yeah, I mean, Arkansas should have at least had a chance to win this game. If, um, that just unprecedented play doesn't happen. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch this game, but this is kind of a fun matchup. It was a fun matchup last year, um, really close this year. KJ Jefferson, man, is just fun to watch. He's another one of those guys where, like, I don't know where he stands as an NFL prospect. I think at this point he he deserves to get some looks as kind of like a day three kind of tools guy if you want to use them in some packages. Um, but just period, I think he's, you know, he's, he's a fun guy to watch. Yeah, I think there's a lot. Um, in terms of pro potential for KJ, a lot to to ask for. Uh, in terms of his passing, he he hasn't hasn't really progressed as a as a passer. Elite runner, um, in the mold of you know a Cam Newton, where he's just massive and he can run downhill and just roll over defenders. But um, the arm strength is there for sure. It's just the accuracy and and um, reading defenses, I think, is what he struggles at. But, um, yeah, I mean, he had a, another 100-yard rushing game, 18 carries, 105 yards, a touchdown, and a, a fumble. Um, Max Johnson played decently, uh, but he got helped out. The defense was really good for A&M most of the game, as it has been all year. That's that's the crazy thing about A&M, you know. They, they probably have... 
a top 10 at the very worst defense in the country. I mean, their defense is fantastic. It's just they, they don't have a quarterback <laughs> uh, that can help them out. And luckily in this game, they got a lot, uh, a great game from Devin Achain. 19 carries, 159 yards, a touchdown, three catches for 15 yards as well. Anias Smith got hurt, their number one receiver. So got to track that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty good win for for Jimbo. And, again, it, it was a fluky win, though. I, I just I cannot get over Did you see the highlight, though, of the kick? I think, yeah, I did. I did. Dude, it's just crazy. Yeah. How you hit that spot is I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I believe Smith is out for the year too. Um Okay. You saw that. So that's also not gonna help out the quarterback play. And it's unfortunate for A and M, you know, like you said, their defense is incredible. Um and they've recruited insanely well. Um the last few seasons but if you don't have that quarterback position locked up like it's just not going to matter for you yeah um defensively uh i gotta go with defensive back damani richardson for a&m six tackles a solo a pass deflection and an 82 yard fumble return for a touchdown which was a crazy play in its own right uh kj fumbled and some other A&M player picked it up, started running, was about to get tackled by an Arkansas player. Richardson runs in. He, <laughs> the defense, the other player hands Richardson the ball, and Richardson just houses it. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, it, it reminded me of like there was a play. Uh, I don't know who intercepted it, but. It reminded me, I believe, you know, the Ravens with Ed Reed, I believe someone else picked the ball off and they, like, flipped it to Ed Reed and Ed Reed took it to the house. Uh, That play immediately, like, popped into my head. But, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, A&M minus two pushed, under 51. Number two, Alabama crushing Vanderbilt 55 to three. Bryce Young, great again, 69.4%. 385, four touchdowns, no turnovers. So yeah, that's that's always <laughs> yeah, I mean, good. That's, that's what we need to say. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh Jamarian Miller, he scored twice, nine carries, sixty-three yards, two touchdowns, one catch for negative one yard. And uh, wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks for Bama. Six catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns. Defensively, Will Anderson Jr. finally on our board here. Uh, five tackles, three solos, two and a half sacks, three tackles for loss. Yeah. Felt like the coming out party a little bit. Obviously, like Will Anderson, from what he's done, is already a top five lock. Probably the best prospect in the drafts. But, like, he's kind of quiet in terms of the sack numbers. Not anymore. <laughs> there he is. It's only a matter of time. Bama covered minus 40 and a half. Under 60 and a half. They, they couldn't get 
They needed a touchdown from Vandy instead of a field goal. <laughs> and number three, Ohio State. Crushing Wisconsin. I knew this was coming. I, I told you on Friday it was coming. Oh. 52 to 21. Um, yeah. CJ Stroud, 63%, 281, five touchdowns a pick. Um, <laughs> it was a, bl- I mean, it was a blackout in, at Ohio State. A, a night game. Wisconsin had yeah. no chance. <laughs> no shot, dude. Like, I don't think. I don't know any Wisconsin fan who expected us to be competitive in this game. <laughs> the only redeeming quality is, again, our running back, Braylon Allen. Great game. Doesn't matter because we can't. <laughs> we can't. There's no passing offense. Yeah. Ever. And, uh, again, it just it's going to keep you competitive. Now, like – Ohio State is in a tier of programs that literally are by themselves, like, every year. So, like, it's not a surprise. Um, The talent gap is just too insanely wide. But at the same time, like, Wisconsin's got to break it. Friggin' tendency, man. (laughs) Of all the sports teams that I follow and am am a fan of, Somehow the Badgers have always made me mad the most because it's, you know, it's Einstein's definition of insanity, which is doing (laughs) the same exact thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Like, there will be years where offensive line is insane and the running game is great and it's great. We'll win the Big Ten West and, you know, we'll make it a New Year's Six Bowl game. But we'll just get housed by Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. There's not a, you know, playoff berth ever in reach. Because again, you're one dimensional. I I think I, I think I need to for, for Friday's show go back and and clip your um reaction to the Big Ten uh, preview show where I said Minnesota is going to win the Big Ten West. <laughs> uh, well, and no one believed me. And look No, at I mean, the I felt like besides the Badgers, it, Minnesota was definitely up there. But it, it feels like easily now it's Minnesota. I mean. Yeah, they just, they just crushed Michigan State this weekend. Yeah. Uh, in East Lansing, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Braylon Allen, 23 carries, 165 yards, a touchdown, three catches, six yards. He he can do everything. He threw a 10-yard pass as well. Um, so just, just line him up at quarterback. You know what? Put him at quarterback. Yeah. If you're going to do it, just lean in. Let's open up the Army playbook, triple option. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I just don't want to see Graham Mertz throw the football anymore. Um. 200-yard rushers for Ohio State, Travion Henderson, 21 carries, 121 yards. Mion Williams, uh, 11 carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns. Wide receiver, Amika Egbuka, six catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. Is he becoming the number one at, at, at Ohio State? Because it's been him every time, not 
Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know if he's still hurt or what. What the heck happened? Is happening yeah, he again? is. In fact, I actually screenshot so because I was curious. I looked up. You know, I was like, "What's like, what's going on with Jackson Smith and Jigba?" <laughs> and I found out prior to this because I knew it was going to come when we were talking about it. All right, hamstring injury obviously suffered in Week One against Notre Dame. So they only had 15 snaps Week One. They kept him out for Week Two against Arkansas State. He returned against Toledo, but caught just two passes, and then he didn't play at all in the second half. So they pulled him in the second half, and then he didn't play in this game. Yeah. So it's just a matter of the injury, and, like, he just hasn't gotten the snaps. I'm still a full believer in Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he's a great talent. He's just got to get healthy. And the minute he gets healthy, who's, I mean, who's stopping Ohio State in the Big Ten? Nobody. Penn State. <laughs> look, look. When, when we're going to see. Well, uh, yeah, and it's in it's in Happy Valley. I always say every year, every other year, we have a chance. Because every other year we get Ohio State at home, right? Every time it's in Happy Valley, Penn State has a chance. And yeah. this year, specifically, Penn State has one of the best secondaries in college football. I think out of all the Big Ten teams, Penn State has the secondary to hold up against the Ohio State receivers. It's it's bold. Me being biased, but it's fine. It is. I'm gonna pick them when when that game comes. So the only thing I'll say to that is Sean Clifford. I you know I don't I don't see him out out CJ Strouding. What is what does Ohio State have on defense? Nothing. They haven't played an offense yet. Yeah. So it's gonna be high. I actually I don't know. I, it could be high scoring. Could be not. We'll see. That game's in a while. But uh, yeah, Julian Fleming being the fourth wide receiver. If uh, JSN comes back, uh, that'd be crazy. Uh, but yeah, Cade Stover, tight end for Ohio State, four catches, fifty-one yards, two touchdowns. In this one, and then defensively, I'm gonna go with uh, Ohio State linebacker Tommy Eichenberg, fourteen tackles, seven solos, two tackles for loss. Number twelve, NC State, forty-one ten over UConn. Uh, another game as expected. Quarterback Devin Leary, seventy-two point seven percent. 320, four touchdowns a pick. I feel bad for for uh, what's his face, Jim Mora Jr. I, I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a quarterback. He's they've been they've been switching them out like every other game, and neither can like like Zion Turner is so bad. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Look at that 83. 83.3%. <laughs> but he's throwing for 3.9 yards per completion. Yeah. Uh, nine carries for 10 yards. So, yeah, it's just, it's terrible. Um, hopefully, Jim Mora can, can recruit a quarterback that's at least like a three-star and that, that has some semblance of how to play college football. <laughs> um yeah. I don't remember who the other guy they have is other than Zion, but yeah, I think, I wonder if it's always like one of those, what if things like if UConn would have won, 
at Utah State. What would that have done, you know, for their season? I mean, it would have been crazy. They would have been 1-0 and instead of 0-1. And, and, yeah, I think it would have changed their whole season. NC State, though, uh, wide receiver Thayer Thomas having a good season. Five, care, uh, five receptions, 115 yards, a touchdown. And uh, defensively, UConn. Defensive lineman Eric Watts, four tackles, two solos, one and a half sacks, one and a half tackles for loss, two QB hurries. UConn covered, plus 38 and a half, over 47 and a half. This was, this was the big one this weekend. Kansas State, 41-34, over number six, Oklahoma, in Norman to boot. And uh, it's another one where it's like, what more could Dylan Gabriel have done? Because the stat line is great. 66.7%, 330 yards, four touchdowns, seven carries for 61 yards. The legs of Adrian Martinez, though, that was, I mean, he ran all over Brent Venable's defense. 61.8% 61.8% completion, 234 yards, one passing touchdown, but rushing, running the ball, like I said, 21 carries, 148 yards, and four touchdowns. I mean, where was where was uh, this Adrian Martinez? <laughs> Scott Frost is sitting there like, uh, why didn't you do that when you were in, at Nebraska? <laughs> yeah, I think Scott Frost had a little bit to blame for that. <laughs> You know, I'm not sure Adrian Martinez just magically got better going to, you know, Kansas State without a little bit of maybe a head coaching boost there. He did get better weapons at KSU as well. Um, Because Deuce Vaughn, I love Deuce Vaughn. Mm -hmm. One of the most underrated all-purpose players there is. Uh, 25 carries, 116 yards, two catches for 13 yards as well in this one. Um, But, yeah. Adrian Martinez, man. Again, Kansas State. Like, if you look at the Big 12 standings right now, it's kind of like, what what year are we in? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that, like this, I said before, like, it's happening. <laughs> we're somehow in this weird Big 12 golden age. Everyone was counting the Big 12 out, you know, once Oklahoma and Texas announced they're leaving. We get all these good teams now that are in the Big 12, and they're going to add BYU, Cincinnati, Houston. Yeah, it's Kansas, and then Baylor, Kansas State, Texas Tech. That's your your top four in the Big 12 right now. (laughs) And like I said, like, so that's, again, yeah, it's like, wow, like, what's going on? But, like, it feels like any team in the Big 12 right now could beat the other one on any given Saturday, which is incredibly fun. Yeah. Granted, Oklahoma State and TCU are both 3-0, but they haven't played a conference game yet, so that's why they're below those top four. Uh, but, yeah, running back Eric Gray for Oklahoma, 16 carries, 114 yards, seven receptions for 45 yards. Marvin Mims had a good day. So did tight end Braden Willis for Oklahoma, five catches, 41 yards, two touchdowns. Defensively, not a lot of stats, uh, but uh, I think I'm going to go with the bottom guy there, defensive lineman Jalen Redmond. Four tackles, a solo, a half tackle for loss, pass deflection, two QB hurries. 
Yes, there is a guy with the last name Pickle on Kansas State. Love it. Jalen Pickle. KSU plus 13.5 over 53 easily. God, number seven, USC, 17-14 over Oregon State. Bro, the Beavers were so close. They had them. They had them. It was 14-10. to 10, And then USC scored with like a minute 30 to go. And Chance Nolan could not roll them down the field. Um, I don't even know how Oregon State was in this game. Considering Chance Nolan threw four interceptions. That's just crazy to lose by three. Uh, and throw four picks, but... Yeah, I mean, the Beavers yeah. were there. They know they can compete at least if if they can get to the Pac-12 championship game and USC's sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we talk, we build this, you know, the unstoppable <laughs> force meets the immovable object. For me, I've been kind of just on both these teams, I said, until one of them proves me wrong. Um, I wanted to pick Oregon State really bad. Uh, but I felt like there was just too much talent at USC. But what's interesting is now we've kind of seen the other the other shoe has dropped for USC, right? Like we were waiting, like okay, like are they just kicking into high gear right away with this Lincoln Riley era, and they're just gonna be like a college football playoff favorite right away? I don't think so. Um, I still think they're gonna need to claw their way in the Pac-12, um, when they start playing teams like Utah, um, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, um, you know, I, I think you're going to see that, like, just pump the brakes on USC a little bit. They're going to be good again. Lincoln Riley's too good of a coach. Southern California is too much of a hotbed of talent for recruiting. Um, and it's too much of a, you know, target destination for transfer portal guys. Um, but I still think it's going to be a couple seasons before you see them as um, playoff favorites. But, I mean, you know, we don't know. They're still undefeated. Um, and they still have a Heisman candidate in Caleb Williams at quarterback. So, Two Heisman candidates. <laughs> Even though this was the first – Team yeah. to shut down Jordan Addison. Three catches, 42 yards. He scored another touchdown, though. <laughs> yeah, he still got a touchdown. Uh, which was the game winner to boot. Um, so, clutch factor there. But, uh, yeah, their, their other transfer, though, running back Travis Dye, he was uh, most of their offense all night. 19 carries, 133 yards, a touchdown, one catch for nine yards there. And uh, defensively, uh, I think I'm going to go with the uh, top guy there, linebacker Eric Gentry for USC. Eight tackles, four solos, a half a tackle for loss, pass deflection, QB hurry, and a pick. One of the four. Uh, off chance, Nolan. Oregon State did cover, though, plus five and a half, under 69 and a half. Easily. Was supposed to be a high-scoring game. Defense said no thanks. <laughs> 19 number 19 BYU 3824 over Wyoming um yeah Jaron Hall man he's him just, just he's crazy. him dude 
I've been watching Jaron Hall closely, closely, closely. He has not gotten nearly enough hype in the NFL draft community, and I'm not sure why. I feel like the perception is, is like, there's no way that, like, BYU can go from, like, one top-tier NFL quarterback prospect to another, right? Jaron Hall is an NFL arm, dude, and he's one decent game away for me of being a bona fide first round pick. I think- like, I watched the highlights of this game, and I'm like, look, there's like, like you can count on one hand how many guys can put the ball there. Yeah, I think uh, the detractors would probably say, well, look at the Oregon game, struggled. Um, against uh, an elite team, uh, not elite team, but a a power five team, uh, and also I don't know. Do you know off the top of your head what uh, is it? The size is it a size thing? Is he short? He's a size. I think he's. I think. He, I mean, I can. I'll look it up real quick. Going through the. Yeah, because that's that's one thing I, I can see. That's small. I think. Um, but yeah, eighty one point three percent, three thirty seven, four touchdowns, uh, eight carries, seventeen yards as well. Uh, he's six one two oh five. So I mean, he's so not a little bit six one. It's it's under he's undersized, but like he's literally though an inch short of what you want, right? As a minimum, isn't it? Right, like exactly. Two? And it's definitely not like like a like I don't even think that's red flag territory. Yeah, no. Especially anymore in the league. No, yeah. Uh, kind of interesting. I had running back Miles Davis. Never heard of him. But he was he was BYU's leading rusher on the day. 13 carries, 131 yards, 4 catches for 21 yards. Um, good job, I guess. Again, I, I had never, never heard of that kid. But... Um, and then Keanu Neal, Ke- I almost said Keanu Neal, <laughs> Keanu Hill <laughs> uh, for BYU. Five catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Great to see Puka Nasua back. He played in this game, uh, just did not have enough stats to get on our stat sheet. Um, and then defensively, going to go with my guy, dude. I, I mean, this is we've had Wyoming a couple times now, and this man just he gets on our stat sheet every time. Nose tackle, Cole Godbout. Seven tackles, four of them solos, two and a half tackles for loss, and QB hurry. I mean, yeah. If you're a 3-4 team, day three guy right there at, mm-hmm. at, to start. I mean, who knows if he continues to, to impress on a team like Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Uh, Wyoming did, did cover though, plus twenty one, over fifty, easily. Number thirteen, Utah, thirty four, thirteen over Arizona State. Yeah, I was mad. I had ASU spread, um, did not work out very well. Uh, but Cameron Rising, he wasn't. It it wasn't the greatest game. I mean. It, Watching the game itself, it looked like Utah was completely dominating. Um, so I guess, but yeah, there was a lot of Arizona State had a lot of opportunities in this game to to make it close, 
And it's kind of like watching the, the Bucks packers game, which we'll get to talking about. But it's like the, every time they would, they would make a, a step forward, it's just, you know, taking two back, turn the ball over when they, when they get into good field position. They had a couple times where they were in field goal range, and they, they <laughs> Emory Jones got sacked. <laughs> like, you know, it looked like Russell Wilson last night. Uh, Emory Jones would just hold the ball, and he wouldn't throw it. I'm like, I'm like, just throw it. <laughs> You're taking the sack. But, um, yeah. So, Emory Jones, a lot of work needed to be done with that Arizona State team. Uh, obviously, they're going to get a new head coach next year. But, um, yeah. Utah, three in a row now after the week one loss to Florida. And uh, defensively in this game, I'm going to go with the... Uh, the guy on the bottom, safety Cole Bishop, three tackles, a solo, a sack, tackle for loss, pass deflection, and a pick. I still don't know what to think about Utah, but yeah. Utah covered minus seventeen under fifty four. Final game here of FBS, number 18, Washington, 40-22 to over Stanford. I also lost on this game. Stanford spread, plus 14. Um, they had their chances, many chances. And I felt bad for Tanner McKee because he made a lot of good plays. He just, he was not, he was like Joe Burrow in his rookie year and, and last year. You know, like, Tanner McKee got sacked nine times in this game. And it was just, like, I again, I, I felt bad. Like, yeah. he couldn't do anything. <laughs> he got strip-sacked twice. There's the two fumbles there. And, yeah, this is horrible. Michael Penix played well, 59.5%, 309, two touchdowns. Wayne Talapapa, also very good, 13 carries, 120 yards and a touchdown. But then, you know, look at the offense. Like, Casey Filkins, 100 yards on 20 carries, two catches for 29 yards. They had a running game. They just couldn't protect in the passing game. So, despite wide receiver Michael Wilson having a great game, uh, six catches, 176 yards, two touchdowns. Um, another 100-yard receiver was for Washington, uh, Rome Adunze. Eight catches, 161 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, tough loss for Stanford, but I'd like to just personally apologize to the Washington Huskies. In our preview <laughs> of the Michigan State game, we kind of dogged them, man. And, I mean, we weren't – it's not like there was no basis for our, our dogging, but, look, man, ever since then, they just – they've been playing great. And shout-out Michael Penix, man. Dude's looking lights out. I thought it was weird when he transferred from Indiana because, like, they'd been decently competitive in the East. They had success with him. Um, and on paper, it didn't look like a major upgrade. But sometimes you just need a new a new place, and it seems like he's found that with Washington. Yeah, I was hoping for the Indiana Michael Penix to come back in the <laughs> second half so I could get Stanford to cover. 
and I would hit my my uh, my underdog spread parlay that lost because Stanford didn't cover. Uh, did not happen. But defensively, I'm going with defensive lineman Braylon Trice for Washington. Five tackles, five of them solos, two sacks, three tackles for loss. It's just, again, sack city for Washington. It's kind of like the Eagles game um, on Sunday. Washington cover, minus 14, over under 62, pushed. All right, brother, man, I'm going to hop off. All right, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, sir. See ya. See ya. Uh, FCS game of the week, number three, South Dakota State, 28-14, over number six, Missouri State. Yeah, the fighting Mark Warrens did not get it done. Bobby Petrino loses back-to-back games against Arkansas and South Dakota State now. But uh, quarterback Mark Gronowski was electric, 75.9% completion, 319 yards, four touchdowns, and a fumble. Uh, Jason Shelley had turnover issues, two picks in this game, 65.5%, 185 yards, a touchdown, two picks, 10 carries for 10 yards. Running back Isaiah Davis for the Jacks was great, 20 carries, 83 yards, one seven-yard reception as well. Um, And then a couple hundred-yard receivers here for... South Dakota State tight end Zach Hines, seven receptions, 127 yards at a touchdown. Wide receiver Jaden Yonke, eight receptions, 102 yards, two touchdowns. His brother Jackson also had a great game, six catches, 83 yards at a touchdown. And then a wide receiver Raylan Sharp for Missouri State, he scored a 67-yard touchdown reception as well. Safety Colby Hunter, Colby Herter, and safety Matthew Durant, Durant's had the interceptions for the Jackrabbits, and for the uh, Missouri State defensive end, Kevin Ellis recovered Mark Gronowski's fumble. NFL Eagles 24-8, domination over the Commanders. Jalen Hurts, again, I, I told you all this in the beginning of the season, the Eagles were going to be very, very good. They're going to win the Super Bowl, and I will stick to that. Uh, because their defense showed up in this game. 62.9%, 340 yards, three touchdowns, nine carries, 20 yards. Uh, Defense had nine sacks of Carson Wentz. He looked like crap. 58.1%, 211 yards, three carries, 22 yards, and a fumble. Um, Devontae Smith was crazy, went crazy in this game. Eight receptions, 169 yards, a touchdown on 12 targets. Uh, A.J. Brown also had 10 targets, five catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Terry McLaurin for the Commanders, he had a 100-yard day, six catches, 102 yards on nine targets there. Curtis Samuel also had 10 targets, seven catches, 48 yards. Um, And, yeah, defensively, again, it was Sac City, uh, nine sacks, like I said, of... Carson Wentz. I'm going to have to go with defensive end Brandon Graham, though. Stellar day for the Eagles. Six tackles, four solos, two and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, pass protection, and five QB hits on Wentz. Eagles cover minus five and a half, under 47 and a half. Panthers, first win of the year for Matt Rule and Carolina, 22-14 over the Saints. Uh, Jameis Winston, Pretty good game other than the two picks, 61%, 353 yards, a touchdown, two picks. Uh, Baker struggled, 48%, 170 yards, a touchdown. 
And then uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think he's back. He's had two nice games back-to-back now. I think CMC is, is back to his old self. Would like to see him get more involved in the passing game, though, however. 25 carries, 108 yards, two catches for seven yards. Kamara uh, fumbled the ball, led to a defensive touchdown for Carolina. Uh, Chris Olave, great game for the rookie. Nine catches, 147 yards on 13 targets. And then uh, for New Orleans as well, wide receiver Traquan Smith, four catches, 105 yards, five targets. New wide receiver for the Panthers, LaVisca Chenault Jr. He had a long touchdown, two catches, 90 yards, a touchdown on two targets there. And defensively, have to go with defensive end Marquise Haynes, Marquise Haynes Sr. for the Panthers, two tackles, a solo, a QB hit, and a 44-yard fumble return for a touchdown. J.C. Horn also a great game for him. Panthers plus two under 41. Bears, oh my god, I hate the Bears. The Texans deserve to win this game, but um, did not make enough plays, and the uh, collapses in the fourth quarter are, are becoming a trend now for t- for Houston. So we have to figure that out, Davis Mills, um, and get this thing righted in the second half of games. But regardless, Davis Mills, 62.5%, 245 yards, a touchdown, two picks. Justin Fields sucks. I, I, I keep telling people this. The Bears have been lucky to win their two games that they have. They got the Niners in the slop with Trey Lance's first start uh, of the season, and it was just terrible. The Niners left people wide open. Uh, you know, uh, there was another broken coverage touchdown in this game, or at least got down to the one yard line or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just, they've been getting so lucky and, and I can't wait till, you know, they get crushed by someone. So yeah, eight of 17 for fields, 47.1%, 106 yards, two picks, eight carries for 47 yards. He sucks. Uh, Dave Montgomery went down in this game, but Khalil Herbert stepped in nicely. 20 carries, 157 yards. Two touchdowns, two catches for 12 yards. Damian Pierce, a great game for the rookie breakout kind of game for him. 20 carries, 80 yards, a touchdown, two catches for 21 yards. Um, And then defensively, have to go with safety Jalen Petrie. The rookie second-round pick out of Baylor, amazing game for him. Eight tackles, five solos, a sack, two tackles for loss, two pass deflections, a QB hit, and two picks. Uh, have to shout out though my guy Roquan Smith also had a great game 16 tackles 6 of them solos 2 tackles for loss a pass deflection and a pick that actually set up the Bears game winning field goal Bears minus 3 pushed over 39 and a half Titans 24-22 over the only 0-3 team in the league Raiders um, Derek Carr, 59.1% completion, 303 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, two carries, 17 yards. But Ryan Tannehill was stellar in this game. Uh, 70.4%, great bounce back by him, 264 yards, a touchdown, a pick, and a rushing touchdown. Um, Derek Henry was back to his old self, 20 carries, 85 yards, a touchdown, five catches for 58 yards on six targets there. Mac Hollins, who would have thought? I mean, no Hunter Renfro in this game. Darren Waller was shut down for most of the game, uh, as well as Devontae Adams, who did score but did have 10 targets, only caught five of them. Mac Hollins, though, crazy. Eight catches, 158 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets, also threw a four-yard pass. Uh, 
Great to see Robert Woods finally getting some looks. Four receptions, 85 yards on nine targets. Uh, need it, Rob. I need it for my fantasy teams. Please and thank you. And defensively, Max Crosby in a losing effort. Crazy good game for him, for the, the Raiders. Nine tackles, five solos, a sack, two tackles for loss, pass deflection, and a QB hit. Titans plus two over 45 and a half. Uh, by the hook. Colts upset the Chiefs 20-17 in Indy. Patrick Mahomes, 57.1%, 262 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Four carries for 26 yards. Matt Ryan, 73% uber efficient, 222 yards, two touchdowns. Did have a fumble, though. Um, Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries, 71 yards, three catches for 20 yards on five targets. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, great stat line, seven carries, zero yards. He did score a touchdown, thankfully, from a fantasy team. Five catches for 39 yards on five targets. Juju, your leading receiver in this game. Five catches, 89 yards on eight targets. And then the rookie, tight end Jelani Woods out of Virginia. Two catches, 13 yards, two touchdowns on three targets. Um, and then defensively, I'm going to go with KC linebacker Nick Bolton. Nine tackles, six solos, two sacks, a tackle for loss, and two QB hits. Colts plus four and a half, under 51. Shocker probably of the day. Uh, great matchup. Dolphins win over the Bills 21-19 in Miami. Josh Allen, uh, very good in a loss, 66.7%, 400 yards, two touchdowns, eight carries, 47 yards, and a fumble. Uh, but way too many throws for Josh Allen. 42 of 63 attempts. Crazy. Um, cannot throw that many games, that many passes each game and expect to win. Tua, good game for him, 13 of 18, 72.2%, 186 yards. A touchdown was out a bit um, with the injury, possible concussion thing that ended up being a back thing, but, uh, yeah, no. Uh, Zach Moss, your leading rusher in this game, other than Josh Allen, four carries, 46 yards, one catch for six yards. Devin Singletary, while his rushing numbers were not good, he had a great receiving day. Uh, nine carries, 13 yards on the ground, but nine catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. A lot of dunk downs from Josh Allen. Jalen Waddle, 100-yard day, four catches, 102 yards on six targets. Uh, Stephon Diggs had 11 targets in this one, seven catches, 74 yards. River Craycraft scored another touchdown. I uh, feel like he scores almost every game now. And uh, defensively, I'm going to go with... Um, Linebacker Melvin Ingram for the Dolphins. Three tackles, three solos, two sacks, one tackle for loss, two QB hits. Great addition in the offseason by GM Chris Greer. Dolphins, uh, plus four, under 54.5. A, a lot of unders in the NFL this, this weekend. Uh, but some overs, too. Vikings, 28-24 with the Lions. Man, bro, the Lions should have won this game. They had many chances. Uh, could have kicked. They, they missed a field goal that would have made it 27 to 21. Um, and they just could not. They, they, they could have had a chance to win the game then later on. Uh, could not get it done though. Uh, Jared Goff, 61%, 277 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Kirk Cousins leading the Vikings back, 58.5%, 260, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook had a good day until he got injured. 17 carries, 96 yards, a touchdown. And a fumble. Uh, Jamal Williams, crazy good day for him. DeAndre Swift injured in this one. 20 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns, uh, two catches for 20 yards there. 
Josh Reynolds, I have him on my fantasy team in, in a dynasty league. I need to start him, I guess. Six catches for 96 yards on 10 targets. Um, and defensively, I'm going to go with safety Josh Metellus for the Vikings. 11 tackles, 10 of them solos, two pass deflections, and a pick. Lions did cover, though, plus 6.5, over 51.5. By the hook. Uh, Ravens, 37-26 over the Patriots. Mac Jones, uh, not a good day. 68.8%, 321, but three picks, uh, five carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson continues to light it up, 62.1%, 218 yards, four more passing touchdowns, a pick, 11 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, your leading rusher in the game for the Patriots. 12 carries, th 73 yards, a touchdown, 4 catches, 28 yards on 5 targets. Uh, and crazy game for wide receiver Devontae Parker. This is what they wanted to see when they acquired him from the Dolphins in the offseason. 5 receptions, 156 yards, 10 targets. Mark Andrews also having a great game. Uh, tight end for the Ravens, 8 receptions, 89 yards, and 2 touchdowns on 13 targets. Funny that he had 89 yards, that's his number. Uh, Devin Duvernay scored another touchdown. Great start to the season for him. And then how about the game for defensive end Dietrich Wise Jr. for the Patriots? Six tackles, five solos, three sacks, four tackles for loss, and three QB hits. Uh, possible, you know, defensive player of the week performance there for the AFC. Ravens cover minus two and a half, over 45 easily. Bengals, first win of the season, 27-12 over the Jets. Joe Flacco, 53.8%, 285 yards, but two picks and two fumbles. Not going to win with those four turnovers there. Joe Burrow was great, 63.9%, 275 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers for them. Uh, Samaje P. Ryan led the game in rushing, nine carries, 47 yards, two catches, 14 yards, and a touchdown for Cincy. Um... Brees Hall, 11 targets receiving, 8 carries, 39 yards on the ground, 6 catches, 53 yards, 11 targets. Tyler Boyd, 100-yard day for him, 4 catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown on 5 targets. Wide receiver Garrett Wilson, the rookie, had 10 targets, 6 catches for 60 yards. Great game for tight end Tyler Conklin, free agent addition from Minnesota this offseason, 8 catches, 84 yards on 8 targets. And then uh, wide receiver Elijah Moore also having 10 targets for the Jets. Four catches, 49 yards. Uh, Jamar Chase had 10 targets for the Bengals, too. Uh, six catches, 29 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. Defensively, have to go with defensive end Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals. Great game for him. Four tackles, two of them solos, two and a half sacks, and four QB hits on Flacco. Bengals cover minus six and a half, under 46. Jags blowing out the Chargers in L.A., 38-10. Justin Herbert, uh, first game back with that rib, rib cartilage fracture. Tough game for him, 55.6%, 297 yards, a touchdown, a pick, and a fumble. Trevor Lawrence was pristine, 71.8% completion, 262 yards and three touchdowns. Um, James Robinson, 100-yard day for him, 17 carries, 100 yards. Even, one touchdown, three catches for 16 yards. Sony Michelle actually led the way in rushing for the Chargers, not Austin Eckler. Five carries, 22 yards, one catch for nine yards for him. 
Josh Palmer, one yard short, shy of a 100-yard day, six catches, 99 yards on nine targets. And uh, wide receiver Zay Jones for the Jags had a 11 targets on the day, 10 catches, 85 yards, and a score. Christian Kirk had a great day. Marvin Jones scored a touchdown as well. So did Mike Williams on his lone reception. Defensively, have to go with the rookie linebacker Devin Lloyd for the Jags. Seven tackles, five solos, three pass deflections, and a pick. Great game for him. Jags, plus three, over 42. Rams, 20-12 to 12 over the cards. Kyler Murray, 63.8%, 314 yards. Uh, 37 of 58. A lot of throws for Kyler in this game. Uh, quarterback Matthew Stafford for the Rams, 18 of 25, 72%, 249 yards. No touchdowns for either quarterback. Cam Akers, great uh, game for him. 12 carries, 61 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. Uh, James Cotter not very effective in this one. But Marquise Brown was 14 catches, 140 yards on 17 targets. Uh, wide receiver Greg Dorch for the Cardinals also getting 10 targets, 9 catches for 80 yards there. Ben Skoranek actually led the game uh, in receiving yards for the Rams. 4 catches, 66 yards on 4 targets. And then Cooper Cup, what does he do? He scores touchdowns. 4 catches, 44 yards, 6 targets, and a 20-yard rushing touchdown. Defensively, I'm going to go with defensive tackle Aaron Donald for the Rams. 6 tackles, 4 solos, a sack, 2 tackles for loss, and a QB hit. Rams cover minus three and a half, under 48 and a half. Falcons get their first win of the season, 27-23 over the Seahawks in Seattle. Geno Smith was great despite the loss, 72.7%, 325 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Marcus Mariota, 65%, 229 yards, one touchdown, a pick, a rushing touchdown, and a fumble. Uh, Cordero Patterson, great game for him. For Atlanta, 17 carries, 141 yards, a touchdown, and a 12-yard reception. Tight end Kyle Pitts, the leading receiver in the game, five catches, 87 yards on eight targets. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett for the Seahawks, nine catches, 76 yards. He had 11 targets. Uh, wide receiver DK Metcalf, five catches, 64 yards, a touchdown. He had 12 targets. Drake London scored a touchdown, so did tight end Will Disley. Um, and then defensively, I'm going to go with defensive end Grady Jarrett for Atlanta. Five tackles, four solos, a sack, three tackles for loss, and a QB hit. Falcons plus one, over 43 and a half. Packers, close one, 14-12 over the Bucks. Tom Brady, 73.8%, 271 yards, a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers, 77.1%, 255 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Crazy, thought the Packers were going to roll in this one. Got off to a 14-0 start, or 14-3 start. Um, just rolled down the field on their opening two drives. And uh, the Bucks defense stood pat after that, giving them opportunities to win the game uh, left and right. The Bucks offense um, stumbling twice with fumbles from Russell Gage and uh, Brashad Perriman as well to end the first half there but um, Brady almost had him he almost brought him back and I was thankful he at least scored a touchdown to cover the teaser at plus six and a half um, but yeah Russell Gage leading receiver in this game 12 ca catches 87 yards a touchdown on 13 targets did have a fumble however Aaron Jones your leading rusher in the game 12 carries 36 yards a fumble three catches 11 yards and then how about the breakout game for wide receiver Romeo Dobbs my brother 
Nick Russo called that one, texted me about it before the game. Eight catches, 73 yards, a touchdown on eight targets. Um, and defensively, have to go with defensive tackle Kenny Clark for the Packers. Four tackles, three solos, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and two QB hits on top. Packers plus one and a half, under 42. Sunday night football was a drag. Broncos went at 11-10 over the 49ers. Jimmy G, 62.1%, 211 yards, a touchdown, a pick, a fumble, and a safety. Uh, Props to Dan Orlovsky for getting that tweet out very quickly after Jimmy G uh, stepped out of the back of the end zone for the Broncos' safety. Quarterback Russell Wilson, 60.6%, 184 yards, 6 carries, 17 yards. Jeff Wilson Jr., your leading rusher in the game, 12 carries, 75 yards, a fumble uh, that, that won the game for Denver, and three, car- 3 receptions for 31 yards. Cortland Sutton, your leading receiver in the game for the Broncos, 8 catches, 97 yards on 10 targets. And a lot of good defensive stats. Got to go with defensive end Nick Bosa for the Niners, however. Uh, two tackles, one solo, a sack, tackle for loss, four QB hits on Russell Wilson. Broncos, plus one and a half, under 45 easily. NCAA news, uh, Georgia Tech. They, I mentioned this earlier, they have fired head coach Jeff Collins after three-plus seasons. 10 and 28 overall uh, started out one and three this year. Seven and 19 in the ACC. NFL news. Uh, starting off with some general stuff here. The interesting story from the offseason: 49ers. Uh, you know, Jimmy G has been the talk of the Niners so far with him coming in to replace Trey Lance after the injury. But yeah, they actually had a trade in place uh, with the Washington Commanders. Uh, but Jimmy G decided to have surgery, shoulder surgery, and the commanders backed out at that point. So, yeah, crazy that he could have been a Washington commander, and then we're like, you know, where do, where was Carson Wentz going to go? Um, we have the NFL Super Bowl 57 halftime show performer. It will be Rihanna. Uh, so get y'all's umbrellas out, um, and uh, I think it should be another great show. I love that they're getting some some current people you know out there instead of uh you know they had the old people rest in peace prince but you know they had a lot of old people uh in my my childhood super bowls i think they they're finally understanding the audience wants some some more current music (laughs) um also the nfl announcing the nfl pro bowl is no longer the game itself the tackle game um there will be a flag football game and other skills competition games. I'm annoyed. I hate uh, that they took this away. Um, you know, it's it's an all-star event. Guys really don't care about it because it's at the end of the season and the guys that are playing in the Super Bowl don't play in it anymore. So it makes, I don't know you know, maybe they should go the route of the other leagues and put it in the middle of the schedule. I don't know if that would change anything, uh, you know, they, they in terms of bye weeks and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just tough to, um, to not see a tackle football game anymore. 
even though you know it got crazy people just scooped around a lot and they still do i don't i don't like the way that the pro bowl has has progressed in recent years so yeah uh injuries browns just today defensive end miles garrett he was injured in a single car crash uh suffered non-life-threatening injuries thankfully um so we'll have to see his status coming up this weekend um as they go to atlanta jets could have quarterback zach wilson back this week against the steelers in pittsburgh um the doctors had the final save, but uh, Robert Sala does expect Zach Wilson to be back this week. Vikings, running back Dalvin Cook, he dislocated his shoulder again uh, yesterday, as it has before. Uh, he has an unrepaired labral tear, so the hope is that they can he can just wear a harness and play uh, next week. He is considered day-to-day, however. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones, he has a high ankle sprain. It's a severe high ankle sprain. So more than likely, we are not going to see Mac Jones play this week. It's going to be Brian Hoyer, I would assume. Um, I am rooting for Bailey Zappi to play because I want the Zapster to to be able to show what he can do. But uh, Billy B is probably going to go with his guy. Third tour of duty with New England, Brian Hoyer. 49ers left tackle Trent Williams. He has a high ankle sprain out four to six weeks. Big uh, news for the Niners and Jimmy G there trying to protect his blind side. Uh, One of the best left tackles in the game out four to six weeks. Lions, they lost safety Tracy Walker for the season. He has torn his Achilles. He is done. Will return in 2023. Same thing can be said for Chargers left tackle Rashawn Slater. He is done for the year ruptured biceps tendon uh so terrible news again for a great young player there in la also with the chargers pass rusher joey bosa considered week to week he has a severe groin injury coach brandon staley said so we'll have to wait and see how many weeks it is that uh, bosa is out but luckily it's not uh season ending lions running back deandre swift he has a shoulder sprain won't have to get surgery but could be out until at least after their bye, which is week six. Um, More than likely going to miss the games against the Seahawks and the Patriots. And then finally, Bills rookie corner Christian Benford. He has a fractured hand. He's going to miss some time. Uh, Just another injury to the Bills secondary. Tredavious White already on the uh, pup list, going to come back week five. But, um, yeah, they, they're having a hard time keeping their corners and, and their secondary guys healthy right now in Buffalo. Speaking of Bills, secondary player safety Micah Hyde, he is out for the year. Neck injury, uh, big blow to their secondary. Like I said, Benford now out, Hyde. They're not going to have White for this week. Um, you know, week four is the last week he eligible to come back next week. So it's very thin. And they need Jordan Poyer to be healthy because they don't have much um, in terms of depth in the secondary. Packers, uh, T- Titans left tackle Taylor Luan. He is also out for the year. Knee injury. Not sure if that's an ACL or what, uh, but it is uh, season ending for Taylor Luan. Packers wide receiver Sammy Watkins. He landed on IR. Uh, he has a hamstring injury out four weeks. Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson also placed on IR with a knee injury. 
Ins and outs for tonight's games. Uh, tight uh, Cowboys have a bunch of guys. Uh, the that just got announced the inactives inactives for the game actives and actives uh tight tight end dalton schultz and wide receiver michael gallup for the cowboys both are out uh linebacker micah parsons though with dealing with an illness all week he is good to go expected to play uh also in for the giants pass rushers Kayvon thibodeau and aziz ojulari they are both active um and then Finally, just a transaction. Chiefs, they released kicker Matt Amendola. Terrible game for him against the Colts. Missed uh, an extra point and two field goals. So they are looking for another kicker uh, unless Harrison Bucker can come back this week. Uh, before we get to the pick standings and CWA preview, we do have a game in between our shows this week on Thursday. Utah State 1-3 at number 19 BYU, who is 3-1. Cougars getting 24 at home. I expect them to cover that. They should they should have a nice game against Utah State. Over-under is 61.5. I'm going to hit the over button on that one. That is 8 p.m. on ESPN Thursday night. Pick standings. We all went 2-1 last week. Even with Peter um, lone-wolfing the Vikings on Monday and the Browns on Thursday, he got us on Thursday. We got him on Monday, and we all picked the Bills on the uh, first game on Monday. So everyone went two and one. Logan and I still lead the way at four and two, one game up on Mark and Peter. So uh, Monday night in a little bit here, uh, about an hour uh, and fifteen minutes here. The Cowboys at the Giants. Giants. Brian Dayball is trying to become just the second team in the nfc uh to stay undefeated through three weeks um peter is going with the giants i i do need saquon to have quite a bit of fantasy points 22 in my law school league um eight in my free league and then uh you know 42 if he wants to do that in uh, my dynasty league so yeah uh need a lot from saquon tonight but uh also had the giant the the Cowboys defense in one of my leagues so but I'm facing the, the Cowboys D in, in a different league so yeah I, I got a lot of conundrums but I believe Saquon will, will do a lot I just the Cowboys defense is so good and they have been so good this season through two games Cooper Rush can get it done offensively as much as I hate picking the Cowboys I do need them to win to give the Eagles sole possession of first place in the NFC East so gonna gonna go for the Cowboys tonight uh, it's three to one. Peter is lone wolfing the G-men at home. Uh, Giants one point favorites tonight. Over under is thirty nine. I am on the under thirty nine and a half crew, uh, so give me that. And that is at eight fifteen. ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Plus. Thursday night football. Dolphins at the Bengals. Uh, the baby Bengals getting three at home. Mark, lone wolfing the Bengals here. We are all, Peter, Logan, and I, all on the Dolphins. Look, the Finns have been crazy good this year. As long as Tua is the quarterback going into this game, I think the Bengals' defense is not good enough to stop that passing attack. And they got a lot out of Chase Edmonds last week against Buffalo as well. So I think they can continue to run the game, offset that passing game. 
I think they will be a, a tough team in the AFC this year. And their defense is their defense. It's very good. I think they have the secondary to hold up against the Bengals receivers. And the pass rush, Melvin Ingram, Emmanuel Ogba, etc., cetera, uh, to go up against this Bengals offensive line. Uh so yeah, this probably changes if uh, if Tua is out. But like I tell my guys when they ask me to change their picks, once the show happens, we can't change our picks. So we're gonna ride with Miami on Thursday, even though it's still uh, you know a couple days away here. But uh, the over under is forty seven and a half. I'm gonna go with the over in that game. Eight fifteen prime video. Next week. We'll be back on Monday talking uh, NFL Week 4. We'll preview the Thursday night game. Colts at the Broncos, the the Manning Bowl, uh, Week 5. And then uh, we'll also look at the Monday night uh, Week 4 ender uh, ending game, NFC West battle, Rams at the Niners. So... Uh, that's the show for to get today. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at FAA underscore bets. Also on Twitter, we're gonna get that figured out. Um, we're uh, we're four eight and one, I believe, uh, or something like that. So we'll we'll get it figured out though. And then um, also our website FAA Podcast dot com. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Thank you all for watching, and we will see you back for Football Friday.